TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 375, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weednopolis. Hi, this is Yusan. I'm a costume designer and a personal stylist. And we have a brand new guest. Hi, my name is Clement. Uh, I work in marketing and entertainment industry, and I serve as the social media director and senior and film and TV writer for The Marvel Report. I am the co-host of the Black Lightning Podcast, and then I am the contributor to The Flash Podcast and a contributor to TV Overmind. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. All, everyone go out and <laughs> listen to all the, all the podcasts. A lot of cred. All the podcasts. Uh, all right. Try this, to stay busy. <laughs> This week in the news, we have that Mom has been renewed for season six at CBS. Mozart in the Jungle has been canceled at Amazon. For the, for some of you who were watching that, um, everything sucks has been canceled at Netflix. Um, and I'll avoid those jokes. Uh, Carl Urban is to star in Amazon's new superhero drama called The Boys. And that's all. Yay, I'm... Carl Urban! <laughs> Perfect casting. Perfect casting. Uh, I don't know anything about that superhero I'm in. thing. Uh, you're just in because it's Carl Urban. Okay. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. Doesn't all right. matter. Uh, a show called, a Canadian show called Pure, it has been renewed for season two, which is on WGN America, but it also, season one is now streaming on Hulu if you're interested. It's basically about the Puritans. Because, you know. Um, Handmaid's Tale is just too current. Forget it. (laughs) Kristen Crick, who I hope to never say her name again in life, returns to CBS, not CBS, sorry, the CW, in a summer legal drama called Burden of Truth. I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to be convincing as a lawyer. I believe that. Oh my god, I can't stand her so much. Alright, uh... Killing Eve gets a season 2 renewal at BBC America before the season... the before the series premiere. Which is impressive. Uh, also, Deep State has been renewed for season 2 at Fox Net, uh, Networks. It will, it will be airing in Europe and Africa, and it stars Mark Strong. Uh... I... That's weird, because as far as I can tell, Deep State does not air in the U.S. at all. So it's the first scripted show that's primarily made by Fox Networks for other countries. Okay. Uh, that's all I have for the news. All right, let's move on to the shows. And first up, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. And this was episode 14 of season 8. And I forgot what it was called. Oh, it's got to mean something. Got to still mean something. That's what it was called. So this episode was basically about um, Rick and Morgan walk into a bar and kill a bunch of saviors, even though they gave their word that they would keep them alive. Uh, so it was basically looking at Rick's uh, 
refusal to kind of mourn his son. And he has a great conversation with Michonne at the beginning of the episode where she sees where, where he's at and what he's trying to do. And she basically puts him in timeout. <laughs> and um, he then sneaks out of the house and goes and murders a bunch of people. And then he was like, oh, maybe you were right. I shouldn't have gone out there. Uh, so that was a really interesting episode. And some people have said that Rick crossed the line, that he gave his word to these people and said that he would protect them and let them start over again at the hilltop. And then five seconds later, him and Morgan get behind them and shoot them all in the back. And to be fair, that was kind of brutal. Like it was actually very surprising, but I could tell in the, the mindset that Rick was in, that he was totally going to kill those guys. Like I knew it. I was not surprised. And, um, what is that guy's name? Garrett or whatever that dude's name was. I forgot his name. Uh, the long haired dude that killed the, the young kid back at the, Oh, right. Yeah. 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 His death was very satisfying. It was quite awesome. It's, it's a, it's crazy on a show where you not only cheer for someone's death, but you want it to be super gruesome. Um, <laughs> And his was his was appropriately gruesome. Uh, so, what did you think of it, Allison? Um, I I really thought the the episode was incredibly well done. I I was not surprised by where it went, honestly, because we already know that uh, Morgan is going to be on Fear the Walking Dead. So, at some point, there's got to be something that sends him on walkabout that says, "I can't be with the people who I've." who I've committed to all this time. And, and so we're seeing his disintegration just get worse and worse and worse. So watching what he did as far as, you know, turning on the saviors that they said they were going to help made perfect sense from a perspective as far as Morgan was concerned. I was disappointed that it involved Rick as well, because like <laughs> in, in the world they occupy, the, the only real currency anyone has is their word. Right. And, and that is something that has been... Uh, you know, as as bad as Rick has been in the past, and as far as he's sunk at various points, um, you could always trust his word, and now you can't. That's, well, I think that's I don't think that over. that's I don't think that that's over. I think that he realized well, I, he went you know, too far. I think that he he has is now gonna dial it back. I don't think he's gonna like keep going everything. down. No, it's like, but you know, it's the thing is we've seen him disintegrate before and come back again. So this is more of the same, but it still puts him in a position, even if he comes back again, because we we can see this can go in cycles, is that at any point you, you there is still a part of you that's going to say, can I trust Rick or can I not? Is this Rick you know, recovered and better and now his word means something again? Or is he, you know, on the road down and suddenly we're we're at the point where I mean, we can't. To, to that, be that, fair, this is one of the worst that thing course. that's true, but this is one of the worst things that's ever happened to him. So you can kind of see why that dis- I feel like that dissent is valid. You know what I mean? I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say it is. But I mean, from from a character perspective, like I said, it puts a question mark over Rick that wasn't I, there. I, I don't really agree with that. I'm fine. I'm like, I get what happened because and I also like that Michonne didn't judge him at all. Like because when she had her descent, which was basically pre show before she showed up, she knows how bad she was, you know, after her son died. And so because of that, she's not judging him at all for the things that he's doing right now. But she is making him realize that he needs to chill and just not go out and do anything alone anymore. 
And I think he's finally like, okay, you're totally right. Uh, I need I need to heal first before I can do anything, and I need to calm down and and uh, and basically mourn. And he's agreed to do that. So uh, I'm okay with Rick, and I do think the problem with Morgan is he doesn't have someone who I mean, Carol sort of tried, sort mm-hmm. of. Not completely. The thing that's weird about Carol's character is she's they're bouncing her between Morgan and, and Ezekiel. And it's like she can't figure out which one of these guys she's supposed to be like 100% behind. So she's like not giving her full attention to either one of them at the moment. And I think where Morgan is right now, the only thing that would help him is if someone was 100% giving them his full their full attention and he's basically trying to do this on his own and it's not going to work. Like he he cannot support himself in his decline. So, yeah, but I think fundamentally there's there's really no one who could commit at that level because everyone has their own thing that, you know, they have to deal with and they have to just worry about survival on their own terms. So, I mean, you know, unless he gets like put in a cage by a guy who's got nothing else to do, but like train <laughs> him being more Zen again, um, there, there really, there's, there's no way up at this point unless, you know, I mean, whatever happens on, on the next show, that's, that he's on, you know, that's something else. But as far as this is concerned, I think it's gone as far as it's it's going well, to. Well, I was he's, insinuating he's that I was insinuating that they're they're having they're pairing Carol with someone. And yeah, well, that's, that's what I meant. Yeah, obviously, it's yeah. it's going to be Ezekiel, which right. works for me because I think yeah, it does work for to... me. It, it, and they are a great couple, but I just feel like the writers couldn't decide whether it was going to be Ezekiel or Morgan and they keep having her bounce between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, figure it out. Because if you're with, and I could see why she would be hesitant to be with Morgan. Cause he's obviously a lot more work. So yeah. I could see why she's really like, cray cray. yeah, yeah. And I totally get it. Like he's, he's off the deep end and you have to already have been committed to him to stick with him at this point. So, yeah, I get it. Now I have to say one thing as far as Carol was concerned, I liked her storyline going after the kid. I was yeah. very surprised that they actually had him be alive at the end. But what I think was was most interesting, um, and when I saw it play out, I said, "Hey, isn't that supposed to is, is doesn't that look like?" And later on, when I was watching Talking Dead, it turned out to be that was the case. When she finds him, it is literally. I mean, it's not supposed to be literally the location, but the film crew literally shot on the location yeah. where that's the last place you see Sophia. Right. Where, I know. You know I know. Well, technically her, speaking, she it, finds him. Right. Technically speaking, it can't be the same location. But yeah. uh, in, in yeah. terms of the story, interior story, it's not. But the audience should recognize right. it. And I, cert- I certainly I did. Too. And so yeah. I think that that says that says that, you know, the focus of of her life at, from this point on is really also going to be on the kid because he's going to be like the stand in for her. For Sophia, she lost her daughter. She sort of gained a son. You know, she, he's going to step into that place. Right. And that's it's what like that's they, they're going to have a ready-made family because he sees Ezekiel as his dad. And so he gets okay. both parents all at once. Yeah. I get that. And they're trying to play him as the new Carl, which I reject. Uh, no, a he's lot. not. Well, I mean, they're going to give him all the Carl storylines is what I hear they're going, they're planning on doing, which it will irritate me beyond all things, but we need to move on. 
because I could. That's a whole other rant. Um, so so overall, I thought this was a very good episode, and we got the Rashon I love yous, and it made me tear up because you know that's my ship. So um, I'm gonna say thumbs up for this episode. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about Barry on HBO, and this was a episode two. It's a half hour little comedy, and it's fun. And um, Henry Winkler is so just like a bad guy that's pretending to be a good guy. It's fantastic. I mean, he's not like a literal bad guy because there are actual hitmen and um, mafia guys. He's not like that. But yeah, he's not a villain. He's just kind of a crappy human being. <laughs> exactly. So like he comes in and tells the class that one of their classmates are de- is dead. And if they're emotionally distraught, you know, they can cancel the class. But just so they know, they're still going to be charged for the class. But they can totally, you know, cancel it and go deal with their grief. But they're going to be charged, you know, just to be clear. Uh, which made me laugh a lot. Um, and then of course, Barry kind of comes off as bumbling a little because he ends up getting his boss handler, uh, kidnapped cause he's not paying attention. And, and then when they're like, okay, that was hilarious. That, actually. that was kind of funny. But then at the end when they're like, we're going to hold him captive until you kill this guy for us. And then he goes on a rehearsal date with this girl instead of, <laughs> you know, going to save his boss or supposedly his best friend. So that dude's totally in trouble. <laughs> What'd you think? Um, I thought it was just hysterical. I, the whole bit where his boss is kidnapped inside the apartment while he's standing on the porch, just holding this conversation on the phone, completely distracted while all this craziness is going on behind him um, was just great. And it gives you an idea exactly where his focus is. Right. I mean, he's he he's easily distracted, to say the least. And again, you know, when he's supposed to be going off and, and taking care of this business in order to save his boss and instead he promptly goes to a rehearsal. Um it's it's you know he has he has kind of a, a squirrel level attention, and also he's, uh, he's legitimately checked out of the whole assassins business. He's just done with it. He doesn't care yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's not what he wants to do. So it's, he feels that his his you know future is in acting, or at least in being in this class. What he what he wants, I think, is just human attention, uh, being part of something. That's what he finds in the class. Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, all of that, all of that was was just great stuff. And the um, the memorial that they did for the the actor that he killed uh, with everybody doing bits on stage was also just so perfect. <laughs> and so, so disastrously. Oh, awful. my God, that was so terrible. Uh, <laughs> if you guys are not watching Barry, you should totally check it out. It's on HBO on Sunday nights. It's uh, it's. 22 minutes it's it's totally worth your time all right next up we're going to talk about dc's legends of tomorrow and uh clement do you want to start off on this one what did you think of this week's episode so i thought this episode was it was more it was very comedic but very dark at the same time um for those not familiar with legends john noble who was on fringe is voicing the villain but in this episode they also had him as a guest spot playing his character from lord of the rings (laughs) on the episode that was it was super meta it was like meta within meta with a little more meta yeah yeah so they basically had him playing the throner in the episode to get um a voice print 
So basically, the plot of the show of this episode was this guy, um, the Adam, is going to shrink inside Damien Dark's daughter and basically play back audio to make her think that she's being talking to by her guy, which is a demon. Right. Uh, so basically, he's recording him. He's recording John Noble saying his dialogue, and he's going to play back inside her head. It's the most meta thing that I've ever seen. And this is on top of the episode called Helen Hunt. Um, so it's a... Uh, I think I love Legends because it's just so off the wall. They, they basically throw anything on the wall and it sticks. Um, and it plays well within the established Arrowverse, you know, getting other characters from the Arrowverse to come back in. Um, it's very creative. And they just kind of play hard and fast with time travel, which I really appreciate. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It um, and speaking of, like, yeah, it never does. And, like, I work on, you know, anywhere from 10 to 12 TV shows at a moment. So basically... Uh, everything that I work on is very serious, very dark, and this is just kind of off the wall. And I really appreciate what they do with that. That said, I feel like some of the plot got a little bit. Some there was a lot of plot holes for me, but at the same time, like I said, they don't take themselves too seriously. They just kind of like film and they just gonna go at it. Um, I really dug at the fact that they brought John Noble into the episode because it's right. kind of for me. I love Fringe. Fringe was like one of my hard mainstay TV shows. Uh, I love Lord of the Rings. So basically bringing him into it was very, it was kind of like very emotional for me, but at the same time, I lost it when I watched it. I was just like, <laughs> wait, what are they doing? Um, but I kind Question, of like where they're... What, what did you think of the whole, uh, by the end of the episode, you have, well, first of all, Damien Dark allies himself with them, then sees a better way for his daughter, then betrays them, and then it yeah. doesn't even matter because Malik has basically come out and now his daughter's dead anyway. So, yeah. Like, I don't know if she's even dead or really because there was that part in the beginning where you saw the shadow of Malice, you know, come out and then she's back to the daughter. So, like, is she really dead or is she really just kind of well, like... Well, they saw the body you know, kind of disintegrate. Like, yeah. when, when he it was busts out weird. as as, like, the big demon, her body kind of broke apart. So I'm going to say she's dead. Right, and that's the kind of that's where where I was kind of alluding to earlier with the kind of the plot holes. The kind of I mean, it's like, wait, is she really dead or not? But like, I don't know. But like, it's interesting to see like Damien Dark's kind of arc from the beginning of Arrow when he first came into being like this just dastardly bad dude, and now he's kind of like, oh wait, I messed up. My daughter is becoming a demon. How do I fix this? Right. Like even going to like teaming up with the legends. To a certain degree, I was like, this seems weird. This it is was. weird. And, like, and the fact that they trusted him at all was was really bizarre. Right. So Right, because I was like, this is good. Like, they I was were like, kind of desperate. They were kind they of were. desperate. Yeah, they were desperate. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yusun, go ahead. Uh, what did you think real quick? Well, I'm going to uh, piggyback on what Clement said. And, um, you know, th- we talked about this last week, about how uneven the show is and kind of even within the episode. Uh, but this I this this episode for me is kind of like what they do when they get it right. They get it right. You know what I mean? It's off the wall. It's you know, I don't even care about plot anymore with this show. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what I'm going for um, when they get it right with the kind of off the wall and the silliness and this meta stuff and all of that. It's just fun. It's it's kind of really become my fun show. But 
Also, uh, I do appreciate when they give me some actual drama and some acting, you know, when Damien Dark was giving me the tears. I mean, I believed it. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't cheesy or forced or weird. I mean, he's a good actor. So yeah. that helped. Um, you well, know, this I mean? is one of the few times they've, they've been the Arrowverse has been getting really big actors. But what trips me out is there's when they're really good actors and they come on a show like this, they always they play it like 20 percent higher than they should because they, they're like, oh, I'm in a comic book show. And so then they right. appear to be terrible. But Damien yeah. Dark has done the tone right from the beginning. So and this yeah, because I mean, he's done that, he got to do something dramatic and he did the tone right here. He just nailed it. So. Yeah, I thought so, too. So I, th- I thought that the juxtaposition of his like over the top character, which I buy, I don't think it's too over the top, um, you know, uh, and then kind of paired with this. It absolutely worked for me. It hit all the right notes. So it didn't break for me like, oh, uh, you know, right. um, and I'll just finish by saying at the end. I mean, we've been hearing about Mollus, Mollus, Mollus this whole time. I don't know if it's Malice or Mollus, but um and, you know, I my big complaint, especially with the DC world, is the lame villains and stuff. Um, and, you know, and I laughed as much as anybody about the voiceover um, or the voice, whatever. Uh, but um, I was really waiting to see if they were going to manifest Mollus physically and what they were going to do. Um, and even though it was a little, you know, I don't know if it was Constantine-ish. But anyway, I was happy enough with it. I really was. I was like, oh, he's monstrous and devil-like and and whatever and he wasn't cheesy um and he seemed scary enough for me so i I thought the payoff was fine i was like oh is this gonna be horrible um but he seemed adequately scary to me and i thought the cgi was fine so uh, for me i like this episode all right yeah so we're gonna i liked it too yep so we're giving this one a thumbs up all right uh so next up we're gonna talk about the crossing and this was the series premiere on ABC of a sci-fi show where uh, several hundred people from the future come back to current day, but they get dropped in the middle of the ocean, so most of them drown. And so you have maybe 10% of the people survive. I think they said there was like 40 survivors or something out of hundreds. Um, And the reason that they're fleeing is some sort of genetic... Uh, transformation so now regular humans are are going extinct and so there's some war or whatever I'm not, that's all kind of vague but the main thing is you have the FBI or the Homeland Security or whatever department that they're with versus the small town sheriff who's just trying to find the truth so now you have, and you find out that one of the people who came through is genetically altered to whatever that future genetic thing where they're like superhuman came through as well. Um, and you don't know how many other of the survivors are like that. So go. That's pretty much how they started off. Allison, what did you think of the pilot? Um, well, you know, it's it's really early to to tell where the series is going to be going i was entertained by the pilot i think you know they they hit a bunch of tropes that i've seen before in in other science fiction shows i think the main uh strength of the show is going to be on how well the the characters 
form, whether we care about them, whether we're really invested in in what they do. I think you know it was pretty obvious early on that the uh, the mother of the girl, as, as soon as you know she we found that she hadn't drowned, it's of course she's got to be one of these alphas or apexes. I forget what they called them. Um, and so you know, not that was not surprising or anything like that. Um, the and and likewise when we find out who the the hidden bad guy is it's like you know he's hidden in the shadows and i'm thinking oh yeah that's the wait, senator or whoever he was we've seen wait there's a hidden bad guy how did I, did i miss that did you watch the entire episode i thought so what, what when the uh when the um one of the uh survivors says look i've got information that you oh, really want to yeah, hear and, then he meets the and they meet on, on the, the bridge that, oh yeah right, right, right yeah and he was like oh i already came from the future right, right it's right, like right. as soon as he and he's, he's saying well would you recognize them if you saw one of them and yeah. it's like oops yeah. thinking it has to be someone we've seen before and of course it turns out to to be this guy that was actually so, pretty that was actually pretty good because all his skepticism early on in the episode actually made sense to me. Like I would under, I totally understood why he was skeptical, but in, when you put it in perspective of he's trying to maintain everyone's cover, you're like, Oh, well that makes even mm-hmm. more sense. So yeah. I actually thought that was done well. I thought that was, done it was, well. it was, it was well done, but I, I don't know, maybe I've just seen too many of these kinds of things. I, I knew who it would be. Um, I mean, you, you, it has to be someone you've seen before and he was like the most likely person. Well, I didn't necessarily uh, know so. that there was going to be an evil Senator. So, uh, so, well, there, there, there was like, you know, when you see somebody and they're, they're hidden and the, you've got a guy who's giving information, the whole, the whole scene, I was thinking, Oh, this when, is going just to go badly. He, right. When he met and, him on and, the bridge. Right. Like that yeah, scene lets you know something was going to happen, but the other times you see him, he's not hidden. Like, oh, earlier. No, there was no yeah. reason to think earlier that he was, right. okay. he was suspect. Was I'm only checking. saying by the time they got to the bridge, but it's, okay. you know, it's one of those little twist things, but I think how, how well they play, the uh, the conspiracy and and what it is they're planning to do and how effective the characters are in in playing that you know that's going to determine how much we become invested in this storyline. Right. So that, I really like Steve Zahn who plays the sheriff. Right. I loved him in Treme. I've loved him in in all kinds of things I've seen I him in. I think the cast is strong. Like even that it's senator fair- guy, he's from the Shield. So mm-hmm. everyone they have in there is a strong actor. So I think from a talent perspective, they're in good shape. So now oh, it's yeah. really going to depend on the writing. So exactly. and, and we can't tell yet uh, until a couple more episodes. All right. Well, exactly. well, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Black Lightning. And this was episode 11, I want to say. And so this episode was basically let's set up Jefferson Pierce because um, we think he's Black Lightning. Lightning. Let's set him up to get arrested in jail so we can transfer him to our secret facility and do fun experiments on him. And it it falls into all the black men get arrested falsely and set up trope, but this time with the even more sinister air of, you know, doing experiments on him. Uh, and it's basically his family's reaction to all these events and how is Jefferson going to get out of it. 
uh, the very first scene where they break through the wall and then that music starts blasting and then they do, this is a perfect example of what I was saying last week, um, where they blast through the wall and then they pump in that music and then they slow-mo out of there. I mean, it's their thing now, which I guess it's their thing. I mean, if you're into it, then it's fun and cool for you. If you're kind of over it or think it's a bit much, then it's kind of annoying. So, um, but as far as the rest of the episode is concerned, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, I actually waited every time there was a fight scene. Uh, I really was like, oh, they're going to do the music. And they did. Uh, and in fact, they did music even when they weren't. But it was just too much. There's too much. There's yeah, too much. I'm going to disagree with you on all of those points. I didn't say anything about the about it yesterday or the last podcast because it yeah. felt odd for me too. Um, but it is a matter of taste. And yeah. it is probably also a matter of culture a little bit. So what did you think of the story? How about that? I like I like where they're going with it. I mean, we talked about how the vice principal not being uh, of surprise or not being or you know, I mean, it being kind of underwhelming. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they gave her more to do, I guess. But now I'm kind of deciding or I kind of to add on to that. I don't find her particularly menacing or or um, interesting as the, you know, reveal. I you were already. Reveal. Yeah, I think she's not committed. I think that's part of what you're feeling like. She's sure. not like evil mustache twirling villain. She's you feel like someone's controlling her, especially course, the way they I played it I this way. But I don't have the empathy for her. I don't yeah, have yeah. the empathy. Yeah. Oh, she's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like yeah. whether it's the writing or the acting, it didn't impact me at all. Um, as far as the uh, you mentioned the tropes or whatnot, um, but that's the show. I mean, it, it it highlights. I think Tom said last week it's a little bit of a hedgehammer, a sledgehammer kind of a heavy handedness. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying it's par for the course. So I didn't mind it so much. And I think that is part of the draw of the show. And I think the goodness of the show, I think it doesn't shy away from that. It does try in a, in, in a very similar, but you know, not in a comedic way to toe the line of, you know, like what blackish does. It absolutely highlights realities. Um, they play it for the drama, not the comedy, um, but they don't shy away from it. I think it's an important part of the show. So I liked all those scenes uh, where they had him, uh, you know, a- arrested and all that stuff. And it was dramatic for me, uh, but I- I'll stop here because I-, I saw a little bit more, but I didn't see actually how it ended. So. All right. Uh, Clement, what do you think? I love this episode, and this one was a very, this one to me struck a very kind of like, it struck an emotional chord with me. Um, Even now, when I think about it, like, I kind of relate to Jefferson in that situation. And I thought the way that they kind of, kind of tapped into that, kind of paralleling what's going on with like black culture right now, and, you know, a lot of African men and women with police brutality, I thought they kind of, kind of, like, um, kind of threaded that needle very well. I'm going to disagree about the music too, because I feel like what Salim is doing with the series is like, they're kind of doing a Luke Cage where if you have like a lot of the music is Luke Cage is very like blastploitation kind of feeling. There's a lot of soul with it. There's kind of like a lot of a uh, method man tribe called twist kind of influence in there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like, I get what they're doing with it. They're, 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 they're storytelling where we're wearing well, kind of pairing in the music. They're trying to like parody the music with that. Uh, storytelling aspect but as far as the story i really dug what they what they're doing with jefferson especially i like what they're doing with damon gumpton he's kind of always been i've liked him a lot of things when he was in 
Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton. I really like what he was doing. They've always, always he's always kind of been on the side, but they're kind of giving him a little bit more of like a kind of facing role in this. And I you're really talking about like, the police. You're talking about the police chief, right? Yeah, Henderson. Oh yeah, yeah, Henderson. the guy who Thank plays you. Henderson. Um, I was trying to make he, sure I knew who you were talking about. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, I sorry, I get a little bit like that sometimes, but like he kind of very he kind of sh- he he showed up in this episode. Yeah, he yeah. kind of he didn't phone. He showed up. He was like, "I'm here." And if it wasn't for him, Jefferson maybe would have gotten out like the way he did. Um, not to say that Jefferson got off scot free, because I have a feeling in the next two episodes that there's going to be a lot of things that kind of harken back to this episode. And I kind of felt that Jefferson almost broke and was going to tell him that he was Black Lightning. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, there was a point where I thought I, I actually thought he should. So. Yeah, it is. I was like, bro, you might want to kind of like tell him because. <laughs> This is you're about to go off. And you're not going to see your kids again. You're not going to see your school again. Like you're not going to see your ex-wife again. You're not going to see Gamby again. There's a lot of things there, and especially Gamby and Jefferson's relationship. I really felt that it came full circle. Right. They had that father vibe. Then you like you you don't really understand your father anymore. You kind of mad at him. You don't really disappoint him. Now they're back together again. He he can't really forgive him, but he's all about moving forward. Right, and that whole Luke Cage kind of comparison came full circle for me. So, on all cylinders, I think this episode achieved what it's gonna what what, it what they're trying with. to do with it right. and setting up the finale in the next two episodes. So, uh, I'm Alice, good with it. Allison, you got anything to add, really quick? Because we we do have to move on. Uh, yeah, I just I, I you know there were the, I agree that the bits that were where he was um, being hauled off to jail and where he was in prison were extremely well done. Um, and those those bits were very affecting. In, in fact, they were they were kind of really uncomfortably raw. Um, my problem with the show is the tone, because we go all the way from very realistic kind of moments where the the, the hero is not only being you know, beaten down, but actually humiliated on camera, um, which is, you know, and it's terrible and it's affecting. And we go all the way from very serious social issues like that to silly nonsense, you know, like busting through walls and holograms with self-driving cars. And and I know it's a superhero show, but still, there's got to be a way of just making the tone more consistent between these two extremes and, and melding them together. Because, you know, I, I want to take it seriously on the one hand, and then it veers into campy black exploitation on the other. And I just, they've got to find a way to make the two halves work. Uh, okay. Uh, let's move <coughs> on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Legion. Um, and for me, this is his premiere of season two. And I bear, I made it through season one and I thought it was okay. I enjoyed it, but I don't think I enjoyed it as much as everybody else. And when I watched the previously on for Legion, I was like, okay, I guess I remember what happened. And then when the episode started, I was like, this is just super confusing. And I just, I just didn't enjoy it. And I don't, the thing about season one is I was confused a lot and I rode with it um to hopefully that they would eventually explain it and for the most part they did but i found that in season two i just didn't feel like i i I didn't feel like going through that ride again so i got about a half an hour through and i just turned it off i was like i'm not it's just i mean because you can't trust you can't trust 90 percent of the things that our lead guy is showing you because you're seeing it through his point of view and he's crazy so 
it's going to take several episodes for you to figure out what's true and what's not. And I just didn't feel like there's too much television on for me to waste my time like that. So I was out. Go ahead. What did you guys think? I loved it. I know. That's <laughs> but what I, I said. Am, I am. <laughs> I think, I think it. it's sort of, this is, this is like the, the flip side of the black lightning thing. I think if, if you like that kind of thing, you like that kind of thing. Um, and if you have, it depends where, and I said this before also of Legion last year, where it's, it's going to be um, a, a very, you know, kind of subgenre type of thing. Um, certain people are going to love it. Certain people are going to be completely alienated by it because of the nature of what it is. Now, I, I, I guess it depends on, um, your tolerance or, or appreciation for theater of the absurd. And I was raised on Samuel Beckett and Eugene Ionesco. So I love this kind of thing. And uh, this, the show for me doesn't have to make perfect sense because we are seeing it through kind of a dream haze. It's, it's the perspective of someone who's not mentally sound. Right. Even though the hero is supposed to have actually, the, the idea is that, yeah, he's he was mentally ill last year because he was taken over by a parasite and that parasite's been removed. But he's still under the influence of of that creature, uh, even from a distance. So we still get echoes of that. And things in this world just simply don't make sense, you know, as a whole. So I, I, I mean, I love that kind of thing i don't need to have a literal story and i think your tolerance for that is going to determine whether you like legion or or whether you don't if you like the first year the second year is pretty much more of the same if anything cranked up to 11 right uh, uh, that was that was my problem i was like but yeah okay yeah if you need to have you know a, a an understandable and and reality based storyline that you know is uh you know it, it's just something that you can hang on to in the real world then uh, it's not really the the show for you if you're okay with metaphor if you're okay with symbolism if you're okay with a non-linear approach to a story then that's it's probably going to be more something you at least want to check out well the thing is i think i can do deal with all those things to some degree I just think that Legion turns it up higher than my tolerance. Like I can yeah. totally deal with a nonlinear story and metaphor and all those things. Uh, but that's all these things together. And yeah. like I said, cranked and, and up, cranked to, up 11. to 11. Yeah. And that's just like, it just went past what I was willing to deal with. Um, all right. Anybody else watch Legion? Okay. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the magician series, not series. Oh my God. Season finale. Cause it, it, it's <laughs> no, doing, don't end it. Yes, here. I know it is doing really well. So it, it has already been picked up for another season. So you don't have to worry about it, but this was the season finale and why, oh, why would you ever in life trust, uh, what's her name? Alice. Thank you. Alice. They knew not to trust Alice. They knew she was working for the library. And then she's like, okay, fine. I'm not going to work for the library. But she was obviously not working with them the entire time. She is not on their team. She's the one that betrayed them in season one. You know what I'm saying? So she is, well, Julia betrayed them too, but also Alice. But um, I just, 
you could tell all season not to trust Alice. And so for them to be surprised that Alice betrayed them, it's just like, guys, come on. Um, and the only thing I'm worried about is the villain for next season that they let out of the room doesn't seem that scary. Like, I get what they're saying, but I'm not really particularly, like, meh at the moment. What'd you guys think? I loved the episode overall. I agree with your, you as far as the villain is concerned. Although, since they've come up with a villain that essentially doesn't have a body, it just body swaps. Right. Um, how effective that villain is is going to be dependent on, first of all, what, we, what they decide the end game of this villain is. Or if it's just to wander around and create havoc, that's probably not terribly interesting. And also, it's going to depend on who the actor is who's playing the villain at that particular time. Right. Um, you know, right now we've got Elliot uh, in, who's, who's possessed by this thing. And Hale Appleman is a fantastic actor. And I thought his, his one scene with, with uh, Quentin at the end was much more effective than what they had the other actor doing when the character was introduced. Right. And I mean, he, he seemed like a credible threat. He seems like he, he does crazy really well. So, uh, you know he's 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 a, at least a little bit threatening here, but I don't know that since we've been told that this is like the worst v- villain we've come up with yet. You know when yeah when I just don't alternate, feel it. <laughs> it. It's yeah, it's like this is the biggest monster ever, and this was such a monster it was able to kill all the other monsters. And yeah, I, don't know, I have to see that happen yet. But right. the, other than that, I thought the rest of the episode was brilliantly done. Yeah, and, I agree. Yeah, the threat I think posed by. The, the agents of the library is much scarier than than what's being posed by the villain. And I was very sad to see the Queen of the Fairies die. Um, In such I a hated horrible her so way. Much. Absolutely ghastly. And, and, oh, my you know, goodness. And she, she maintained her dignity to the end, though, which, so there's that. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's interesting that it, it went all the way from a character who I really wanted to see die terribly to a character who I really felt genuinely sorry for at the end and she had a lot of uh, honor and nobility to her yeah yeah she did you know i mean it it, it, you suddenly put all everything that she did in context because there was a reason for all of this and it was like oh that changes everything um but uh yeah now i want terrible things to happen to the people who killed her (laughs) (laughs) well i don't think they're gonna get out scot-free because they have the magic from her bones now but the agreement is they can never touch another fairy ever. Mm-hmm. So they they have a limited supply and the fairies always are going to have magic and they live longer than humans. And so I do think that there will be revenge happening. Oh yeah. All right. So thumbs, I say definite thumbs up for the season finale. That was a good way to end the season. And next week we get the expanse. Finally. Oh, my goodness. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Krypton. And this was episode three, I want to say, of Krypton. And my only complaint is there wasn't enough. Uh, what is the the Zod, the general? What is her name? Because Lita's the oh, daughter. Oh, the... Lita's the daughter. I don't know what the general's name is. Uh, Clement, do you know? Uh, oh, Jaina, I think. I don't know. Okay. I don't watch Krypton. Like... You don't watch Krypton? This is I have a lot time. of feelings on Krypton, and I haven't had a lot of t- downtime to actually watch Krypton, so I'm kind of like, 
I'm on that kind of half and half right now where I, I'm intrigued, but as a comic fan, I'm kind of like, I don't know, but at the same time, because I don't have a lot of free time during the week, that I'm kind of like, it kind of calls to the back burner, but maybe when things calm down, I'll take a look at it. Okay, well, to me, the biggest thing about Krypton is not the L, the House of L. They're kind of boring. Uh, the big thing is the House of Zod is fantastic. And that's all I care about. And there wasn't enough of them this week. Uh, Lita got a lot to do, uh, which was interesting. But I think that she did it in a way that's going to screw her. Because she's a brand new commander. And the first thing she does is disobey orders. So I think that's going to come and bite her uh, next week. Um, and then Seg was doing stuff, random, and I keep forgetting that he's not super strong and he doesn't really have any powers and he's <laughs> not really that smart. So all the trouble he got in this week was, it just felt kind of mediocre, even though the whole thing was we have to stop Brainiac from finding out the coordinates of uh, Krypton. Like that's the main drive of the episode and they failed. Which we knew was going to happen or else there wouldn't be a story. So, eh, that felt like a circular plot that had to go a specific place. Anybody else? Uh, I'm going I'm to have to agree completely. I, I This is great. I don't have to say anything. Um, <laughs> I, I really... Uh, I don't, I don't even know what else to say. I literally agree with everything that you just said. Um, to the point, maybe I'll emphasize that, um, at first I really liked, or not really liked, but I had high hopes for the lead, but, uh, and again, it's in part, I think the writing, you know what I mean? But he's kind of boring, The you yeah. know, the, you know, he, and, and because possibly it's in the writing, um, it makes him boring to me. You know what I mean? He's less charismatic. He's less interesting. Um, I kind of like all the side characters. I like the blonde um, foe Angelina Jolie via hackers. You know what I mean? Um, his his the woman he's binding to or bound right, to. Right. I don't know. Did they ceremony? They did, they did uh, not do the ceremony. No. Okay. She's like the one that's like, you know, twiddling her fingers in the corners of the, you know, the palace or castle or wherever they, yeah, so they she's are looking at the big picture she's like looking at the yeah. board and trying to figure out what her move is yeah so i like i like that you know i like the strong female leads in the show um i like her interactions i think her acting is solid i like her look um i think it's fascinating so it seems to me that all the the side characters so far anyway are way more interesting and i find the american dude annoying with uh, adam <laughs> Yeah, Adam Adam Strange. Well, because I thought he was going to have superpowers or something or or bring something new to the table. And he doesn't really. Only thing he knows is Brainiac is coming and we have to stop him. And then that's it. He doesn't have any new information. He doesn't add anything into the conflict or. And and once he's given that information, he could he might as well leave. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that too. I thought he was just going to come and then leave. And now he's a sidekick, but then he's, but he, there are two sidekicks. There's like the bar owner, you know what I mean? And then there's right. that guy, you know, it's starting to be like the Scooby gang. And I don't, I don't need that many characters, you know, trying to solve, you know, do this or, or introduce him later or something. I don't know, but. Well, so I, I don't I think that's part of the problem though. And one of the reasons that, that the character of Seg is coming off so boring, they've insisted on having all these sub characters yeah. and this, you know, this Scooby gang, as you said, um, for him. And really if they gave all, if they gave 
the stuff to his character to do instead, it would be more interesting and gave more time to him because right now he's just sort of a prop. He's, he's making things happen, but he's not really got a personality of his own. And he right. doesn't seem particularly smart. And I'm right. so sorry, but if I hear one more time on any show, anywhere, or in a movie, do you trust me? Trust me. I mean, we saw it in Black Lightning, too. And in the same week, do you trust me? Just trust me. And I'm just like, ugh, that's just so well, yeah. lazy. Well, and that's the other thing. Have The reason that Lita is in trouble is because she trusted him without him yes. telling her any details, which made no sense because, like I said, she's the brand new commander of this unit. She can't make decisions like that. She can't agree, just agree. blindly trust someone when she's got the lives of all those soldiers under her command. And she disobeyed agree, a direct agree. order from her commander because she trusted him. And it, and then how do you explain that when she has to go back to base and they're like, why didn't you follow orders? Well, because, and she's got no reason. Because she can't nope. tell them what she did or why she did it. And it just looks like she's an idiot. And so it, And he didn't even think about how what he was asking her was going to affect her at all. Like he did not yeah, and consider I liked, that. Oh, that. She just flat out was like, I can't just give you a military ordinance. And I was like, no, you can't. Yeah. I was like, you can't do that. Like I just, I, so I find like the writing is a little lazy and it's, you know, I will watch it. I love the look of the show there. I paused the show at one point, um, you know, and it, it happened to pause on just a background scene, something, whatever. And I thought it was beautiful. It looked kind of like a, um, I don't know, not a watercolor painting, but I thought, oh, so, so I, I do like the, the, the background of it. I like the, the look of it and stuff. Usually I, I it, it's annoying if a show is too dark all the time, but it, that's, that's what the world is. I get it. Um, but yeah, so I think it's a pretty show and I will give this a chance, but they definitely, the writing better get better, you know, and he better get more interesting because otherwise I just don't know that I can continue watching the well, show. As long as the Zods get enough screen time, I'm happy. Like I love that family. So they've done a really the good job of, of making me care about them. Yeah. I all agree. right. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Americans. And last week, I said I watched the season finale of season five and thought it was boring, and so I didn't watch the premiere. And Allison was like, oh, my God, you have to watch the premiere. So, <laughs> and she said it just like that. And so, <laughs> Oh, yeah, just that sounds like me, sure. <laughs> and so I watched the premiere, and I watched the uh, second episode uh, yesterday. And she was right. Uh, season six started off much stronger than season five ended and I enjoyed the premiere which she talked about briefly last week and so we can talk about the episode two uh, my biggest worry slash false stakes is that they've now set up Philip to be spying on his wife and he technically has orders to kill her if she follows her own orders which makes no sense like, why are they getting two separate orders from Russia, right? I mean, they say that the Kremlin's divided. Like, I get that. But why is he trusting the orders that he's getting more than whatever orders his wife's getting? And she's actually getting orders through the proper channels. So, well, well, he's not actually getting orders, though, per se. I mean, he's neither he nor Oleg are actually members of the KGB anymore. They, they've both signed off. They're, right. What they're doing is, is independent because there has been this schism and there's a side that 
is is pro perestroika, pro glasnost with with uh, Gorbachev, and the other side that's trying to uh, undo all of that and go back to to communism or at least back to a uh, you know a dictatorship, and we know what who won that fight. But uh, in the meantime, the side that is it wants to open up Russia and wants to to see it be a democracy. That's you know that came to to Oleg and said, look, you know, contact him, say what right. you can. I understand and, what they're saying, and, but I it's get none it. of it is official. None of it is I official. I get that too. They're not orders. I, I know, but telling somebody to kill his wife and it's not an order, well, and he's, he's not, not in the do. well, I know. That's why I said it's false stakes for me because there is no universe in which I believe that he would actually really betray his wife and really go against her. Um, I don't believe it. Uh, or that's terrible writing. Like if he actually does something to harm her, I, I don't, I'm like, okay, well then you guys have been lying to me all these seasons. You know? Well, but so. the thing is she, she is also becoming more extreme because she's on the other side. And I, I you know, it, it's like for her own mental health, she should have taken the same break that Philip did. You're right. <laughs> But she's, you know, she is an ideologue, so she she hasn't, and she's gotten even more extreme than the last time we saw her. I get that. And I think but... she's just going down this dark path. I think Philip, <coughs> excuse me, would only kill her if she actually became a threat to their family. Right. If Which what she's... she was doing was being, yeah, and, but, and it, but she's not. Of that. Not really. No, I think we are. I because think we're... she's the, the their daughter is now sucked into. Doing right, but spying. He, yeah, but he knew that ahead of time. It wasn't like that was something she didn't secret against his will. They talked about it. And he was a hundred he was not like completely for it, but he knew that wasn't a surprise. So the daughter and she, and she like the first time her daughter makes a mistake, she and then it's like, Oh, it's no problem. It's like she's gonna go kill that guy. She totally wouldn't kill that guy. So <laughs> she's protecting the daughter. <clears throat> Yeah, but how 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 long can she protect her? It's already you know another guy's ended up dead. The daughter is is involved in it from a distance, and you know has has seen this happen. And I think at this point it's just going to go downhill from here. There are things that they can't control, and I don't know if he'll actually you know if if we're going to end up watching him kill his wife or something else is going to happen. But I think that it's a possibility if things get really crazy. And I think the possibility for it going off the rails is very real. The possibility of his going off the rails is real. But I also think that there is no point where the wife would endanger the daughter (laughs) in a way that Philip would be like, I have to kill you to protect our daughter. Like, I don't see that happening. Uh, So I don't believe that. That's my that's my problem with the storyline this season. I think the time period that they picked was really interesting with around the, the talks and everybody trying to get information around that. Like that all works. I think that's fine. Um, and if they stayed with that storyline, I'd be fine with it, but trying to bring, and I understand why they want to bring Philip back into the danger, like, and not have him just be a civilian selling vacation packages. Like that makes sense, <laughs> but I feel like they should have done it in a, different way because i don't believe them being on opposite sides that's my problem but other than that i i will say it's far more entertaining than season five was 
So oh, yeah. it has that going no, they, for it. They ended badly last year. I don't know what the whole point of the last episode was other than just sort of like, well, we need to set things up for next year. But it, other than that, it was, it was tedious. And when they opened up with this season, it was back it's, on track. Yeah, again. It's, it's much better. But still, I call false stakes. All right. Uh, next up, let's talk about The Blacklist. Uh, and this episode was better than most only because finally uh, Elizabeth really understood the stakes. Like I didn't understand why she kept giving red information when he told her ahead of time, I will help you, but I'm also going to get my bag back. That's my priority, but I'm also going to help you. And for some reason she took that to mean something other than what it meant. And now her eyes are open and she really realized that she has to compartmentalize what information she gives to red you know because his yeah, priorities are not only, the same as, as hers it only took her what is it been like five <laughs> six seasons like, well no i meant this yeah. particular situation that's what i mean <laughs> yeah but still yeah it's like oh we just learned this now right um yeah no i agree uh it's it's uh, except that like i said it's it's just really late in the day that she she comes to this revelation well, as, I mean, he was very clear. Like, that's the thing that, because I didn't understand why she didn't understand what he was saying. You know, he was like, I need to get this bag back. That's my priority. I also want to avenge Tom's death, but <laughs> I'm getting the bag back first. That's so, priority one. That is priority one. And he told her that to her face from the beginning of this season. And it took her until now to go, oh, you meant you would screw me over to get the bag back. Oh, okay. Um, and then he apologized for her, to her because he made it clear how much he cared about Elizabeth. And that made sense because he felt that threatening the guy would pull him off, but it did the opposite. So that all worked. I didn't have a problem with that. But this one was, one, it had a lot of red, so I liked it. And... Mm-hmm. It had him and Elizabeth slightly at odds, but not really, which also is what I like. I like when they have tension between them. I don't like it when they're like, I'm never talking to you again. Like, I never believed that, <laughs> which she's done like 10 times. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad she didn't try to pull one of those numbers on him because I, I, I never believe when she says that. So this time when she was just like, okay, we're on the same team, but now I know how much to give you, how much information to give you and we can move on from there. And yeah. that that guy does not know who he's dealing. Like, I know he's a marshal in the um, he's a he's a U.S. marshal, and he thinks that he has a lot of power. But Red has dealt with people way more powerful than him, and I don't know why he thinks he can go toe to toe with Red. Like, dude. yeah, I just wish that they would resolve what the whole thing with the bones is at this point, because it's like you know they they it's like okay, I thought I knew what that was, but then they said that, that they, they established that it couldn't be. So it's like, okay, what is it now? I'm getting tired of this. I, it was the same thing with dragging out, you know, who Red was in relationship to Elizabeth. It's like, we figured it out at the beginning. And then you told us, no, that's not really it. And then, and then they waited five seasons and then they finally to told tell us the same thing we already knew. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm losing my patience. This with is, book. this is only thing I will tell you. Cause I sort of kind of know a little bit is that the bones will put a twist on all of the things we think we know. That's pretty much all I can tell you. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
And this week's episode was basically half the time we spent with uh, Coulson being captured and, and you know, starved slash tortured by Hale and her group and her boring, boring, boring daughter. <laughs> and then we spent the other half with the team getting broken up into tiny teams. Because apparently you're either on the we're immune and can't die because of time travel team or you're in the uh, camp of sane people. Um, so, uh, Clement, uh, what did you think? Because you said you saw this one. I liked it, but I thought it was a little... I thought it was uneven, and this is coming from a guy who is hardcore MCU, hardcore S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is one of my favorite shows. It's been one of my mainstays for several years. I feel like, overall, the season's been uh, very uneven, but there have been moments of good writing and good storytelling and pushing good character development in the season. Overall, I felt this episode was a little half and half. I liked the performance of Adrian Pazdar who came back as oh, uh, right. Glenn Talbot. Uh, yep. Yeah. He's always he's always one of my favorite actors. He's kind of he plays the same guy, but he's also got this like kind of military kind of bad guy, but he's also kind of humorous at points kind of thing going on. Um, I thought he was good. I thought the guy who played the Exorber Man came back. I thought he was good. Oh, Creel? But as far as Dove came... No, wait. Are yeah, we talking Creel, about Chris? Okay. Yeah, talking about Creel. Um, and, but as far as Dove Cameron's character, which is she plays Ruby, I feel like she's kind of a letdown personally for me because early on... Yeah, early on in the season when they were still in the kind of the space vibe in the space colony, um, they were kind of hyping up her character to be this big character that was going to be on character. So I'm thinking she's going to be someone who's like maybe like Spider Gwen because she has that look and she has the capability to be that kind of like actress and kind of portray that character. Uh, But so far, I'm kind of like, okay, like what is she doing? Why is she here? Other than the fact that she wants to be in Quake's position. She wants to be Quake. She wants to destroy Quake. She, She wants to be that person that Quake is. But at the same time, she wants to kill people. So I'm like, what are we doing here, guys? Like, I don't, I don't really get casting someone like Dove in this role. She's just going to play one new character. And I don't um, feel like she could play anything more. Like, her character's so bland that if you try to tell me she's a good actress, I don't think I believe you. Um, she, 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 she's been good in other things, mainly because a lot of my uh, little cousins have watched her. I watched kind of the Disney Channel when my cousins are here, kind of babysitting them. They love Dove Cameron, so I, I'm familiar with her background. And she's very talented. This role isn't showing that so far for me. Um, but that said, Coulson, great as usual. He's he's very quippy. They've kind of made him to this like very quippy kind of like kind of snarky guy when he wasn't really like like that in the films. Oh, and I kind of appreciate that element. So yeah. um, that they're do that are going with well, it. Well, what do you I'm think about sh- the big big divide between Yo Yo and Mac now, and them breaking out uh, Fitz? I'm I'm kind of like why? But <laughs> 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 like like even though that you guys saw that you didn't die in the future, that doesn't mean that you can't die now because right. the future is ever changing. It's like it's ever changing just because you didn't see it. That you're talking about that one moment in time. You're not well, talking about Fitz is, now. Fitz says that the future is locked. Fitz is saying that it's I, locked. That there's no, no matter what you do, you're going to end up in the same place. Yeah, but that's that's the what gets me to the... my problem with the show is that why are you running around doing 
anything if you know that you're just going to go into the same circle again. If, if it's just, if everything you do doesn't make any bit of difference because the world is still going to end, everybody's going to die, and it's it's all going to be horrible and terrible. Why no, but do that's, anything? That's part of the conflict, though, is, and but it, I will agree with you, it's uneven. Like, I mean, it doesn't make sense because um, they keep saying it, though. They keep reminding us, the viewers, also, like, we, you know, we aren't we are trying to change the future, even though we we you know, half of us think that you can't and this and that. And then at the same time, Gemma is saying, you know, I can't die. You know what I mean? Which then mm -hmm. means by default, she should believe that um, you can't change the future. The future. Exactly. Is set. So why is she running around exactly. trying to change? Yeah, things? that's why but I said that they're the crazy people. People. That's why. I keep, yeah. And but, but the point of the the season is that they try to change the ending they went back in time i mean they went back yeah they went back to their time um with the sole intent of changing the future so mm -hmm. it is it isn't yeah i agree with everybody it isn't great and it is even it's there's even an inconsistency within each character let alone dividing the team you know what i mean yeah i i i agree with you libya i i didn't love it but i mean i understand why they did it i mean it creates tension and moves the plot forward um but it, none of it makes sense and and then uh, because of the contradiction the inherent contradiction um and then also the I, i'm assuming rose is the petulant teenager yes. right yes yeah yeah, yeah. i forgot I, I don't even want to know her name. She is so annoying. And I'm going to trust you, Clement. I've never seen her in anything else. I don't think. She reminds me of um, the girl, ugh, one, all the girls in that movie. Forget it. I can't remember. But um, <laughs> uh, honestly, I won't even make the reference. That movie where there's four of them and they're in that like fantasy world and, and they're all kind of, you know, fighting to get out of a mental institution or something. Um, oh, anyway. Sucker Punch? Yes, yeah, Sucker Punch. She reminds yeah. me of one of the girls in Sucker Punch. No? Yeah, a little bit. Um, when they're in the fantasy realm, uh, she is just unbelievably annoying. Uh, she's written annoyingly. Sure, her acting is annoying. Her look is interesting, but I don't care. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I do love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It is actually one of my favorite shows uh, also. It's definitely a... a I tune in super excited when I'm like ready to watch it. Uh, don't do anything else. But I, I, and for the most part, I have really enjoyed this season, but I am not happy with this very last episode. Uh, and overall, it is a little uneven. I probably like it. It sounds like I like it a little more this season uh, than Clement, but um, I still enjoy the show. So I'm still yeah, super like, excited. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. I, I, li I like the show, especially like the like episode 100 was very well done the storytelling in that episode was very well done even that episode i think it was last week's episode where they kind of anchored it deep in like mcu history so you saw like the formulation of hydra the whole arc i really yeah. dug that coming yeah. from those two episodes down to this one i'm like kind of like i don't get it and i understand what they're trying to do with ruby she's kind of supposed to be like this stone cold killer but she's not portraying it correctly no for no. me no, I just know just that they're like, oh my god, they're gonna fight next week. It's gonna be Ruby versus Daisy, and I was like, if Daisy does not just beat the crap out of this girl, like I don't, I don't see it. Like I, she does not appear to be a danger to to Daisy I, at right. all. I did like no, well, yes, but I did like the fight that she had with um, what's his name, Creel, Cree? Creel. Creel. Yeah, that was um, well done. I thought that was well done. I, I, I was not expecting it to be as well done because she's so annoying. And I thought she'd fight as annoyingly as she acted. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is going to be atrocious. Um, and then I thought, no, no, I bought it and I liked it. And they did a good job with it. So that was a 
a plus. Yeah. yeah, that was well. That was well done. And Ian DeKaystecker, who got the guy who plays Fitz, he's just good. Like I feel like he's consistently underrated. He's very good. Yes. Um, that episode where he basically kind of revealed that he's still having like the effects of his um, of his brain injury back all the way back in season two, and the fact that like he feels that he's like evil Fitz from the framework. The dude is really pulling off a really great performance, and I feel like he brings it every week. He here, was here. good this episode. Yeah. Very good this episode. Good last episode. Good the episode before. I just wish that they kind of bring back a little bit of the magic that was seasons two to th- two to four. Because those seasons were great. So I don't know. I'm kind of half and half on this season right now, but like I watch it because I want to see what they're going to do. And well, I want to see how they're going to is- tie into Infinity War. Right, and I also feel like this might be the last season, so Maybe. I'm gonna enjoy it. We don't it. know. I know. Yeah. If they kill, if they kill Coulson for real, I will not be happy. That I can tell you no. right now. I don't All think right. anybody's gonna. Well, be I did think that. it was interesting when the show, when you know, she was talking to the little girl, and the little girl said, "Oh, Coulson's gonna die," and sure enough, he died in the episode, but he came back again. Right. I yeah. thought that so too. It could I be that, that too. too. Yeah. Yeah. I fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed. All right. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire@gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, Weenopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.